And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Now they give it to Green. Green stutter step. He's through. First down, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, William, run. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Lux going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Pumping once, now throwing long down the left side. Slaughter has it! He's going in for a touchdown! The problem won the game! hey ho and what do you know and you guys won't even know this this is take two of the top dogs this week uh we started up the podcast and all of a sudden it froze i think jimmy haslam's on to us and uh he's hacking us he's called on elon to hack us so uh game on jimmy game on but anyways, I am one half of your uh, pilots today on this journey, your Maverick today. I am your host, Alex Hill. Joined as always is my goose, Jack McCurry. Jack, how are you? Doing well, brother. How are you? Oh, boy. What a week it has been. Uh, just <laughs> It really slammed. has. Dude, I can't even tell you how slammed I am with work right now. And yet I'm getting everything done in record time. And it sounds like uh my boss is gonna be gone the next two weeks because he's having the kids so i thought you were talking about brown's twitter when you asked when you said what a week it's been no it's work it's work (laughs) obviously work yeah Uh, and then the browns just made it worse and uh you know the whole office is just like yeah when they hear the name brian flores to the browns are like (laughs) we know how this story ends i'm like yeah you don't think i know that too are they all Cowboys fans? No. Oh, they're not? Half are like Pats fans. Half are like, um, you know, I don't even know like how many are Cowboys fans. That's that's crazy. Being in well, Dallas, you, you would think. Well, when you work in sports, everyone's from everywhere. That makes sense. Yeah, because there are people that are from all over the map. And the more I've gotten to know, the more I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's not that like everybody's from Dallas or whatever. And, you know, it's very weird because I expected, you know, everybody to have that Texas accent when I walked in. No one has it. <laughs> not yet, at least. Give it six months. Not so. yet. I, I've, I've heard more New England accents than I have Dallas or Texas accents. It's insane. Now, when I go to the grocery store, I've heard more of that, which. Oh, of course. Like, I don't really care. Fine. Whatever. I'm sure once you get uh settled in and like July by come July, you're gonna have mm-hmm. that Texas accent when we're doing the podcast. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna be Jimmy Haslam's new best friend. Yeah. Or you'll be Jerry's. <laughs> or I'm gonna be watching NASCAR and drinking beer. As long as you don't I'm start gonna... chewing. 
I won't be. I won't be. <laughs> but I am probably going to go to Texas International Speedway for a race. I probably will just so I can send Jack a photo. Here, I went to a NASCAR event. Shut the hell up. It, it, it's Texas Motor Speedway. So Texas a, Motor Speedway. You need to get whatever. it right, buddy. I'll get it right in time. It's been a month. Shut up. 36 days till Daytona. Man. And that Brock Beard documentary just... Bravo. And, and it's going to keep going. That's what I love about it. Wait, there's a fifth part? There's going to be up to 36 parts because he's doing the rest of the 2001 season. Oh, shit. He announces, oh he announces it at the end of part four. Oh, dear Lord. This guy yeah. does not sleep. But he said it's like it's gonna take time. Like this, well, of course. The first four parts were like I thought the rise of the field field fillers was something. Yeah, Jesus I mean Christ. that dude is fantastic. Anybody who's a NASCAR historian or loves NASCAR history, go on YouTube, search Brock Beard, thank us later. Oh God, it's amazing. Like I will say this, and I know people who listen who work in film. Please, somebody hire this guy to be a docu documentary maker and like literally give him the budget to do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. It will be a top five documentary of all time. Dude I, does I his could, homework. I will tell you that right now. Part one alone. I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this. Get me a JD McDaniel. I know he's he is very passionate about it. He wrote a Have book. It? I know. Yeah. Screw it. Give him the funding to do whatever the hell he wants for a JD McDuffie bio, you know, documentary. Give him whatever he wants. If he needs $5 million to produce it, screw it. Here you go. It's $5 million to do yeah. properly, theatrically, everything. Give him it. NASCAR, hire this man. I don't know why they haven't. That's like right. how they have not had him like make their hourly documentaries. I know we've, we're starting with NASCAR and it's weird. <laughs> but like the the episodes the day or um you know what was it the hooters 500 hour long mm -hmm. documentary or uh the one in 84 you know all that stuff like those in-depth sort that's what makes me slightly interested in nascar because there are stories i can connect i can relate to it yeah i i don't feel like it's a redneck sport I feel like, oh, I can get interested. See, Ken Carmen, I can come around on it. So you don't have to murder <laughs> me now. He was going to kill me by overfeeding me with pilgrim sandwiches, probably, you know, from get go. This murder has been sponsored by get go. <laughs> You'd find a way to do it. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyways, let's get to this past week where. The Browns had an abysmal performance against Pittsburgh, which everyone now is all mass panic, which I don't blame you, but I'm not, I didn't really react to that Pittsburgh game. And I don't really care to talk about it. It was the last game of the year. Pittsburgh had something to fight for. You knew they were showing up. The Browns had a distraction. Thanks to Jadavion Clowney that week. And let's be honest, Joe Woods didn't help the situation by saying, I hope I'll see you guys here next, next week. And the constant media going like, well, maybe they should fire everybody, blah, 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 blah. I think the Browns coming out flat was more like them just being exhausted of the bullshit. And they were just done. They were just done with it. They didn't want to deal with any more drama. They don't want to deal with the media. And they just wanted out. And they started out okay. And it just one mistake 
that Deshaun interception, which you know what? Every good quarterback's gonna make a really dumb throw like that. He made two though. He had two he interceptions. Two. They were both. But guess bad. what? Tim Couch said it best. He said, What do you expect? I don't expect him to light the world on fire right away. He's shown flashes, and right now that's enough. Yeah. If Tim Couch is saying that, shut up, please. <laughs> please. If anyone gets it, it's him. Yeah. The guy who was away for two years because his shoulder was dead. And then he goes back to Green Bay and he's not even remotely the same quarterback because he's been away for two years and now his shoulder's dead. So, yeah, he retired early because of multiple reasons. It's going to take Deshaun a while. But I've seen the flashes. More flashes than I can say Russell Wilson, who took until literally the last week of the season to show me a flash of something that he used to do. That's a statement the way I see it. Wilson digressed this year. Watson, he just looked average, which you want to know what I will take right now. I'll take it. Because I, I expected him to be piss poor. I expected two years away, he'd be running for his life, he'd make dumb decisions, and yet, no. It's there. It's there, and we'll figure it out. And obviously, Kevin Stefanski has been kept as the head coach, along with Mike Prefer. God help us, but okay, fine. Don't have to totally blow it up. Joe Woods, though, is gone. Thanks, sweet baby Jesus. It's over. So we'll get to that in a little bit. I think let's start with like almost a recap of the week. We're going to kind of go on the Brock Beard type of uh, approach with uh this show that that's why we talked about it because we want you to understand how we're doing it. if you haven't seen the net the, the daytona 500 uh 2001 documentary which is like four parts and like eight hours of footage and highly recommend it oh yeah but anyways you know let's do it how he does it in a complete timeline of the events of the week so obviously browns lose on sunday Okay, we expected that. We saw the photo of Jimmy looking like the angry principal with Kevin behind him. I think everyone thought, oh boy, Kevin's in trouble. Uh, Monday, I, Monday, Monday morning, I was like, I was glued to my phone. I was like, Monday oh, morning, God. I was at work and I was waiting for the word. And I had already told him, I said, if the Browns fire Stefanski, I need to go outside and just cuss for five minutes. <laughs> you need to understand I'm going to be so livid because we're going down this rabbit hole again. And it, there's no stopping it because we have a dumbass owner, you know, in place. And he, and they were like, oh, no, it's fine. You know, you can go ahead and do that. I was like, okay, thanks, guys. So fortunately, Kevin was kept. I didn't lose my sanity. And then when I woke up that morning, thank God I have an hour's difference when I literally wake up five minutes earlier, Joe Woods fired. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Today's a good day. Yeah. Joe Woods is gone. Okay. Maybe they're keeping Stefanski. I waited all day. I waited for the presser with him and Barry. Because, again, we're going through the whole timeline. Okay. So we see the leaks of who's 
interviewing for defensive coordinator. We will get to those in a minute. Let's go through the fact that, first off, what was your reaction when we kept Kevin Stefanski for next year, Jack? Oh, it was a no-brainer for me. I mean, I'm a, okay. I like Stefanski. Like, yes, there's been some steps back. But, I mean, he's still a good coach. Like, people are so down on him. And there's valid reasons. But at the same time, like, are you getting somebody better? That's not a given. Yes, these coaching searches, you pull somebody out, they turn into something that no one expected. Sean McVay, prime example. No one saw that one coming a few years back. So I just thought keeping Stefanski was a no-brainer. But at the same time, I know 2023, he's on the hot seat. If things, if we don't get back to the playoffs, he's out. When you say upgrade, I do have some breaking news I'm going to report on this podcast. Jimmy, at some point last week, made a second attempt at Jim Harbaugh. Jim said no. He's not interested in the Browns. When I asked my source as to why, all he said was, it's pretty obvious why he's saying no to the Browns. But I won't tell you the reason. And I said, so it's either Deshaun Watson or Jimmy Haslam. And he said, it's one of the two, but I won't tell you which one. I assume it's Jimmy Haslam because Harbaugh has said he wants security. He wants to be able to coach where he's coaching next for the long term. And if he comes back to the NFL, he does not want a San Francisco. Guess what he's going to have in Cleveland? Jed York, the new owner, Jed York, which he hated. So no, he's not coming to Cleveland because he doesn't want to work for Jimmy Haslam. This is the thing a lot of you fans are so blinded by when you talk about we could get any coach we want. They don't want to coach for Jimmy because they know they'll be fired in a year or two and their reputations will be ruined. That is the point I've been trying to make with this whole, you got to keep going with Kevin because you got to show the next guy. If it doesn't work out, I can't commit to you. He's, he's like the guy who's scared of commitment. You know, whether you have the right girl or not, he's afraid to put the ring on it. He, you know, he'll have you move in. You know, he'll share the same bed with you. Heck, he might even open a banking account with you, but he won't put the ring on it and he won't go to the courthouse to sign the documents needed. That's Jimmy Haslam. And a lot of coaches want you to commit unless if they it's kind of like this unless if the coach does so poorly like if the girl cheats on you and you have complete reason to break up with them yeah the coach and the owner don't want that to happen but if the coach does something unforgivable like i don't know go two and 15 yeah you gotta fire him i mean i don't think lovey smith deserved it but that's another story but Mm -hmm. It'll be curious to see, especially how Houston does, when we see they've had four coaches the last four years. Now, granted, their draft pick situation makes it intriguing, but the fact they have the number two pick, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Lovey Smith, you pardon You fucking get. idiots. No, it's not Lovey Smith. That, 
that was the players saying F you to Cal McNair. Well, same. That that was them saying F you to him. Yeah. And now they have no chance in hell of getting the number one pick. I've been told it's going to be the Colts. And that's part of the Colts approach if they choose to go after Jim Harbaugh, which real quick, I will give you the update of what I know. So as of Thursday morning, I think that's why I put the tweet out. I was told Jim Harbaugh to Denver was the expectation. I am not saying it is a done deal. Far from it. The expectation at Michigan, because this source said it was a done deal last year with Minnesota. Now he is not saying that because he doesn't want to put me, you know, in the hot seat. He said he expects it. Two totally different phrasings. There is room for something to change, which it did literally hours later. The boosters went to the president of the school because Ward Manuel is lowballing Jim Harbaugh on certain areas. I think it's more so on the base salary side. He's giving him the coaching budget. The NILs, I think, are pretty good. Um, it sounds like it's coming down to a salary thing. And Ward is lowballing. And the boosters said, enough. We don't even know who we'd even hire to replace him. We need to get a godfather offer in here. Now, the question right now is, is it too little too late? That's the question that I've been told from my source. We don't know if it's too little too late. The statement that was put up by the president, I had a second source say to me, that's Michigan covering their ass when he leaves for Denver. So I'm hearing two totally different things now on the Michigan side, but there is a common element. If he's leaving, it's going to be Denver. And that's where the Sean Payton talks this week are going to tell us everything we need to know. If Sean Payton is the next coach of the Denver Broncos, I would probably suspect because if Indianapolis has not reached out to Jim Harbaugh, Jim has no other teams. No. Jim is, and that's kind of the game that I was told Ward Manuel's playing. Ward is betting that Sean Payton will get the job or, you know, Dan Quinn who interviewed there last year. So he's lowballing Jim with a reason, but it's a dumb reason. And it's an insulting one. It's like, well, the only team you really are going to fit in with is Denver. So you should just stay here or else you're going to be fired in two years because you're not going to win in those places. And Jim's like, you don't believe in me as a head coach? I can't turn those places around in two years? Fuck you. And that's where the president got involved because now they need to talk this out and resolve this relationship because it's fractured. And Ward was the one who got him years ago. So everything at Michigan is on very thin ice. It's very touch and go to the point where my source says, I don't know what's going to happen until it happens now. Because it's at a point where you have to be, and I'm going to steal from Hamilton, you have to be in the room where it happens. And he's not in the room where it happens. So beyond that, I don't know anymore. And I'm not going to know anymore unless if some 
leak happens within the org within the program, which I doubt. I doubt yeah. at this point. With the sensitivity of the material, it's not going to come out until it ends. So I've told you as much as I know. If it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Denver. Indianapolis has not made the call, even though they could offer everything he wants. The quarterback, because they'll trade up to one, salary cap to get guys, everything they need. It can be the Colts, but they haven't called, and it doesn't look like Arizona's calling either. So where is he going to go? He's it's an interesting situation. He really does. It's very. It, it's basically like last year, Minnesota or bust. It, it, the more I look into it, the more I think he's leveraging this on Michigan. Like there is a winnable situation right away for me, and I could leave. And I'm stunned he's not using Cleveland or he didn't seriously use Cleveland as leverage because he could have. He mm-hmm. could have. He could have told Jimmy he was interested turned around and screwed Jimmy, which he had every right to do, honestly. But shoot, I don't know. Um, I I just, yeah, that's what's going on right now at Michigan. And it is very, very interesting. Anyways, uh, going back to the timeline, though. Uh, so Stefanski and Barry meet with the media. Oh, that was fun, wasn't it, Jack? Always is. They were teaching it, it. It wasn't even an interview. It was a lecture. It was a lecture to the media. I mean, I have never seen a GM of a team literally clap back at a reporter on a story. And Andrew Barry clapped back at Tony Grossi. Yep. And I'm like, Holy freaking shit. This dude has had enough. When your GM is clapping back at a beat writer, that's when you know your reporters are dog shit. And they're making up bullshit as they go. Because the fact he would even acknowledge it and say, trust me, I know what you're talking about, and that's not the case. Well, I have the quote. Right here. Okay, go right there. Go so on. it was Grossi asked about the ESPN survey. This wasn't even anything in regards to what Grossi reported about Deep Podesta, but it was about the ESPN survey they conduct every year saying who uses analytics, blah, blah, blah. Barry said, in quote, I think it is probably because of how analytics or how data are talked about, particularly in this market. It is a tool. It is an area of operation, and it is something you can help to use to inform decision-making in a number of different areas. It is not the end-all, be-all. It is not a silver bullet. Notice how he said, like, it's talked about in this market. Oh, because as is how it's been. Since he January, hears you. Since January 2016, when Dee Podesta got hired, when Sashi got promoted, and they started talking about analytics, the media has treated it like a sacred word that is like the devil. Like and anytime I, you hear I, analytics, I'm, I'm, it's I'm awful. throwing something out there. If Andrew Barry's openly talking about this, every potential GM in the NFL is already aware the Cleveland media are like hounds 
and they will eat you alive before you ever take the job. This is already something that is real. I've been telling you it's real. And you and I'm sorry. You people don't fucking work in sports. You don't know how this operates. We hear you. We hear you complain about every single thing. You don't think me at the Guardians, I didn't hear every single little complaint the fans had when we changed our name. You don't think I heard every single complaint on the items that we had? And by the way, I changed a lot of that for you guys. You're fucking welcome. I'm one of the main reasons a lot of the crew necks that were added this year were even there. Because I went to the buyers and I said, I keep hearing crew necks, crew necks, crew necks, get them. You're fucking welcome, Cleveland. You're welcome. I listened to you. And if I, a merch guy, listened to you, they listen to you. And they know how toxic the media is. And they know how toxic the fans can be. And I can bet they talk in their circles about, man, they ask about like, you know, it's one of the most historical franchises, but man, how hard is it turning that team around? God, the fans, man, like, you know, they talk about this shit. And then you throw in Jimmy. No one's going to want the job. It's a reputation you have. And you have to start accepting it is very real. And the fact your GM clapped back at the media, he's trying to tell you everyone in the NFL is aware of you. And you are a joke to everyone in the league. Andrew Barry's trying to help you. And you just want to run him out. I'm not saying he's a great GM or a good GM or a bad GM. He's a solid one. He knows what he's doing that better than a lot. Maybe he can do better in drafting. Everyone can do better in drafting. He, he, no one's ever going to hit a thousand. I mean, like the Saints have that one draft class where they hit it completely out of the park and draft like four pro bowlers. And the next one, they get nobodies. Yep, And I, I think Marcus Davenport's going to be a free agent. Their he first is. round pick who they traded up for. And he hasn't, he didn't even get a sack this year. So you, it's always hit and miss with drafts. It really is. If anything, it's more about development than drafting. But hey, I digress. I mean, you can look at the Cavs. They turned second round picks and undrafted free agents in the rotation guys. Wow. It's like they develop people. I bet they use analytics too. Oh, Colby Altman using analytics? No, no, the analytics would. Oh wait, yeah, they they totally would. They would tell you to trade Colin Sexton, yeah, and those picks for a superstar like Donovan Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Who we were wrong about. Yeah, yeah. I... And Stephen A. says that they're a championship contender. He trusts more than the Milwaukee Bucks, but hey. And it's not like analytics doesn't work in baseball. I mean, it, it never works in baseball. Oh, oh it yeah. does oh, no. because it does because everybody goes, 
oh, the former baseball GM is now running a football franchise. He doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, if it's I, find it, I, I find it so hypocritical. If we're going to talk about criticizing analytics in football, we need to start criticizing analytics in basketball and baseball. Right. It's funny because, you know, if you were to ask Tony Grossi what he thinks of the Cleveland Guardians front office, don't ask about the Dolan spending money, the front office developing talent. He would probably tell you they're outstanding. And then you say to him, you know, they use analytics like crazy. It, the days of the old man in the stands using a stopwatch and watching the tape is dead. It, it, there are so many other things they look at now. And I can't even get started on half of them. Right. I mean, on the baseball ops side, I can tell you this. The things that they talk about go over what people talk about on Twitter. I mean, I was infatuated with some of the things they were talking about. And I was begging them to teach me. I was begging them. I need to understand this. And the the amount of details that they even get on players. I'm going to break something right now. I'm going to break something right now. On how in-depth this organization went on player backgrounds. None of you freaking know this. Oscar Mercado had the yips when we traded for him. He couldn't throw the ball back into the infield. From what I've heard, he had a problem throwing the ball back in from center field to second base early in his career. And he was just starting to figure it out. And they had to double check and see, did he, is he over it? And the Cardinals showed, yeah, he is. He's over it. And then they made the trade. That's how in depth they go into all this. It, it's not even just a regular scouting thing, but it's more like clock times and, you know, how they swing the bat, you know, and scientifically, like, what can they do to improve their, you know, ability to pitch or hit or something like that? That's what the Browns are trying to do. What can we do? you know, from a scientific standpoint to prove that we can improve this player. I'll say this, whatever their development staff has been saying, they improved Sione Takitaki. When I thought he was a lost cause, wow, it's like maybe they used analytics to find out what he was doing wrong and showed him on film and actually trained him with those analytics to make him a better player. Uh-oh. I guess analytics work, but run it out and get another old school football mind like John Dorsey, who may draft you talent, but doesn't even know how to develop them in the modern era. I don't understand why people think John Dorsey was any good because let's just go over that 2018 draft. Now Baker Mayfield, let's be honest, bust at this point. He had two good years. That's it. I wouldn't call him a bust. Okay, average QB, not worthy yeah. of the number one pick. Fair? Fair? And and you could say he could have picked Josh Allen. It wasn't going to work with you, but no. I digress. Okay, number four pick, Denzel Ward. Okay, I'll give him that one. I will. The next pick, Austin Corbett. 
he turned the corner after he left here. Let's just say that. Wait, you're telling me John Dorsey didn't have people who could develop O linemen? Guess not. Yikes. Okay, I'll give him Nick Chubb. Oh, for sure. But the rest of his drafts, what'd he do? Greedy Nothing. Williams. Two guys, and you had what? See, only Taki Taki. You just praised okay, him. Okay, Taki Taki. Okay, so what? Three guys out of what? Maybe 13, 14 picks? Yeah. Approximately? Yeah. Um, Jack, if I'm not mistaken, that's like one out of every seven, just above one out of every seven he hit on. So yeah. basically what you're saying to me is you want a guy who hits on one player, a draft, one, one. Okay. Yeah. He's the savior. All right. Well, there's and, people talking about a guy in the Browns front office currently. That... I'm going to tell you right now, if Bob Quinn becomes the GM of the Browns one day, we are so freaking screwed. Lions fans, Lions fans are going to be laughing at us because we took their own seven, own 16. And now we're taking Bob Quinn who tore everything down. And it had, it took until Dan Campbell got there and saved the damn franchise. Cause I'm looking at that draft history now and, his he's his awful oh it's awful he's awful his first but round you want to you want to go his first round picks right now in detroit when he was the gm taylor decker oh well he's okay he's okay uh jared davis <laughs> frank Ragnow, good player i like him he's I drafted like him. two good offensive linemen tj Hawkinson, good player they traded him to minnesota still don't understand that one and jeff okuda who can't stay healthy, but I mean, but it, it's be, it, so a lot of people will say to us though, well, he's hit in the first round. Yeah, but he hasn't built a team. Let's see. His, DeAndre Swift was a good pick. Oh, uh, hey, no, he's, he has not played up to my expectations. No, not, not up to expectations, but a no, decent I, pick. I call, I call him an average player. He's a receiving back when I expect him to be a three down back. Absolutely not. Second he, round pick of the heat. The way he's playing, he's a fourth round pick. So he's no. drafted. He's drafted. He's drafted four Pro Bowlers out of all the picks: Jonah Jackson, T.J. Hawkinson, Frank Ragnow, and Kenny Galladay. And Kenny Galladay is a bum now. So yeah. So basically, what you're saying to me is Bob Quinn can probably find you O lineman, but he ain't gonna find you Jack on defense. He's gonna have to hit lightning in a bottle to get playmakers and he's never had to draft a quarterback which okay in the watson scenario is fine but what you're saying to me is he overdrafts running backs he will find your lineman can't find your defense and doesn't really get you playmakers oh great so we'll have a great o-line like we always fucking do and nothing else with it but we trust albert breer's reporting and he you know bob quinn and brian flores are the answer I'm telling you, I have Lions fans who are already laughing at the idea. And I'm telling you, if that's the case, you're tanking for Arch. It it is a thousand, I'm sorry, tanking for Archibald. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. If if Jimmy really wants to do it, go get Bob Quinn. And we'll suck for three more years. He's already here. I know. Go get him to be your GM. And 
We'll suck for three more years and pray to God we get Arch and we'll pray to freaking God he becomes Peyton because if he doesn't, Jimmy, you gotta sell. You gotta freaking go. And I'll get to that later because we're trying to keep on the timeline here. So, okay. The press conference, again, the media didn't like it because they're not revealing much to them. And it leads to Jim Donovan talking about the narrative of the week, ladies and gentlemen. The lack of grasping the human element. Do not tell me that is not the fucking narrative of the week by the Browns media. Everyone's saying it. They don't open up. They don't open up the doors to the organization. And there's no human element. They're robot. Right. That is the narrative of the week. And honestly, it's going to be narrative of the month because it it hits a chord with Browns fans because they want to feel like they're involved. And here is the message I have for you from working in sports. It doesn't fucking matter what you want. You sit with the fans. You, you listen to the fans. You sit with the fans. The That's- only time it fucking matters what you think is in fan services and merch which is why i listen to fans if i make a bad design i'm gonna listen to the fans and fix it but that's the only area where it matters because your opinion fucking matters in football baseball basketball ops it doesn't fucking matter because you're a fan you haven't been trained on this shit they don't owe you a goddamn thing. They don't. Right. And look, is it disappointing? Sure, you're allowed to be disappointed. But do they owe you anything? No. And Jim Donovan, you know fucking better than that. Just because you're the voice of Cleveland doesn't mean you have to sell your soul to the old farts of the fan base. Because a lot of young fans like you, and Jim, you slightly lost my respect for selling out. I'm sorry. I feel like he sold out there. I and, I don't – I will say this. I don't think he's selling out. I think the whole thing is – and I tweeted this during the week. It was when Stefan, the year one, 2020, we were winning. Things were good. We were in the playoffs. Everybody loved that Barry and Stefanski – kept their cards to the vest. They didn't reveal anything. They didn't show their hands. It was good. Now that we're losing, we want answers. We want to know what's going on in that organization. Why don't you guys open up? Blah, blah, blah. This is what happens when they lose. It's fine. And Adam, the bull who's become the most, one of the most level headed media members now listening to ultimate Cleveland, him saying teams don't reveal everything. And it's really a frustration of we're losing. People just want answers. And I think Jim Donovan, obviously, I think he's tired of the losing too. I think we all are. And I think he just, he, he voiced his frustrations. I, cause I, and like, to tell you the truth, like Jack Duffin the other day had asked, like being that I'm an OBR subscriber, what, what things from the site would I like? And I was like, well, he said, I pay more. I pay to be a subscriber more or less for the rumor central stuff. And he goes, they can't really get anything much information out because the the current regime just keeps things tight-lipped and i and i get that and that's but it's like it's so funny everybody wants answers now just because 
we're back to the losing. We're back to having not going to the playoffs after we had that taste of it in 2020. And now everybody wants, wants answers. They want people's heads to roll. It's just, I think that's the frustration the most part. I don't think Jimmy or Jim Donovan selling his soul to the, to the rest of the toxic media, but I just think he's frustrated more or less, just like the fans are. You're allowed to be frustrated, but think about what you're saying and the audience that you have is because again, I know he did it because Tony was there. Oh, Tony was shaking his head in agreement the whole time. And yeah, I was like, well, here's the thing. That's where I feel like he kind of sold himself out a little bit because Tony's right there. And that fits right into Tony's narrative. Oh, they don't get it. You know, blah, 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 blah. We should fire everybody. Fire the analytics. Fuck the analytics. Tony, I wish you could be a GM for a year because I want to see how far you would sink this ship. <laughs> you would trade Watson. Here's what Tony would do. He'd get rid of Watson not realizing the salary cap implications. So we'd be in salary cap hell for the next five years. And he'd have to trade every piece just to get over, uh, under the cap. He'd have to trade Chubb. He'd have to trade Gary. Oh, he wouldn't trade Chubb. He fits AFC North football. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a choice. The league would tell him, you're over the cap, can't play. He'd have to trade him. Yeah. He'd have to trade Betonio. He'd have to, I don't think he'd be able to trade Teller in the first year. So he has to trade Betonio. Sorry. Um, he has to trade Cooper. Can't trade Njoku right away, but he has to trade everything. What he won't know what to do, and the franchise will be set back ten years in one year because of Tony Flippin Grossi thinking he knows better than actual trained professionals. I don't get it. I just don't, and I don't understand what they're doing anymore uh the media i mean i'm not saying they're not capable of doing their jobs they're all esteemed professionals but it just sounds like they're cranky old men and i'm just tired of it well we talked about it last week it's narrative building and agendas yeah it, but they, they're sounding like grumpy old men and it's like this is why young fans do not watch the Browns. This is why we don't care about the Browns because you're like the old father beating this into your son when the son doesn't want that. He wants some freedom in his life. And you're like, you have to be miserable. You got to want this. You got to want that. I've been around. I've been a fan since 1960. And I remember being there when the Browns beat the coach 27 to nothing and beat Johnny Unitas to beat the, and win the NFL championship. They didn't have the Vince Lombardi trophy then. Here's the ticket. I still have that ticket. Here's my ticket to the Dirty Dozen too. Like, I don't get it anymore. I... And the fact every single reporter in Cleveland ran with the same narrative is fucking hilarious. You didn't even hide it. You didn't hide it all week. You've exposed yourselves. You've exposed yourselves as lazy reporters. 
You're no better than Vince McMahon booking in the WWE. I, 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 you want to know what? You know that Jim Cornette lazy booking shirt? We need to have a lazy reporting shirt. Lazy journalism. Lazy journalism. Tony Grossi said at the bottom. And Daryl. And Daryl. I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna put Mary Kay because Mary Kay at least attempts from time to time. Can we just say shout out to Cleveland.com for not laying down to Clowney's rebuttal and standing by what they said? Clowney, you're terrible, dude. Oh yeah, terrible. You know what you said. I guarantee Mary Kay recorded the conversation. Dearness Johnson was sitting next to him. I mean, and Chris Kiffin. What did I read? Uh, confronted Clowney in the locker in the position room about it, and Clowney said nothing. Well, here's the thing: Clowney's trying to line up that next free agent contract, and it's not going to work. Nope. And he, he that that apology was an admission of fuck. I blew it. Yep. And I think it was more so him going like, "Okay, guys, look, I'm not going to get a contract. I'll come back cheap. Please take me back." Nope, not interested. Now it's not even. It's, it's not even Cleveland. Cleveland doesn't want him back, from my understanding. So it's more or less trying to get another trying to get another team to buy into his shtick. Man. Yeah, he wants to be Batman so badly. But shout out to Mary Kay and Cleveland.com for staying in their ground. Again, Mary Kay used to be in my doghouse. Now she is she's the prize. She's the prize pet. Like she got it. She she's good. She's good in my book. Right, me too. Uh, a lot of you others could learn a lot from Mary Kay. Funny, the females in the room are a million times better than the males in the room. Most of the males, let's say most of them. So there's, there's. Good. Okay, there. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I'm talking about the main two. Sorry. Well, of course. Yeah. If, if there are any reporters that listen that actually are in the good ones, and we know who they are, we know what blogs and sites are the good ones. You know, I'm not saying they're in that. I'm talking about when I talk about the males in the room, I'm talking about two in general. I want to make that very clear. It's two Tony and Daryl. And I wish some of these are reporters who are hungry and actually give a damn could get their jobs, but politics, you know. But, anyways, the press conference ended. I was literally at my desk, like laughing my ass off because of how savage. Andrew Barry went on some of them and I loved it because that was the first time I really saw him like, yes, it was monotone emotion, but I saw emotion in him of like, I'm just fed up with you guys. You want to watch you shut up and let me do my job. And I'm like, that guy's yes, I'm on board. I'm on board with it. So we go into the week and we hear some names Jim Schwartz, potentially. We heard that report from uh, um, Ben Albright. He was leaking some possible names. Uh, we've not heard Jim Leonard, so that one doesn't look to be true. Um, well, they don't have to request to interview him. Gotcha. So they so. may have already done it. Or no, and, or it's coming. This or week. it is. Yeah. Um, okay, so we had Jim Schwartz. We've had we were gonna have Gerard Mayo, who then signed an extension with well, the Patriots. Not yeah, but it's heading that way. Okay, because he's because he's, be he's dropping head coaching oh, interviews too. Yeah, 
Yep. So he's been guaranteed the next head coach. Would seem so, like it, yeah. Uh, if he's turned out head coaching interviews, yes. Yeah. Bills told him. And then, obviously, Brian Flores was named and the requests went in. Those were the main three. I'm not getting into um, who we want because I'm going to play this game. It doesn't matter who the hell we want. They're going to hire who they think is best. I I wanted Josh McDaniels three years ago. Look how that turned out. I wanted uh, uh, Robert Sala three yeah. years ago. And That's maybe decent. that would have... I feel like I did okay, but it probably ends the same way. So, boom. Probably. There we go. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we go into the week. Jim Schwartz, Brian Flores, Gerard Mayo, and then Decide from Seattle is the newest one as well. Um, who's the other one from uh, um, the Eagles? Oh, Denard Wilson. That Denard came Wilson. That came late yes. Friday night. Okay, we'll get to them one by one. So the Jim Schwartz interview, I think, is very interesting because I like the fact that, okay, yeah, we can talk about schemes. Schemes don't fucking matter. The thing I like about him is he knows the importance of big, fat dudes in the middle. I'm like, I know where he's coming from. He's going to want big, fat, defensive dudes who can actually play. I'm like... My kind of guy. I like it. And his track record is very, very good as a defensive coordinator. Why would you? There are fans who don't want Jim Schwartz. Why? Why? Are you looking at him as a head coach? Because that's not fair. First off, it was Detroit. And second off, his defensive coordinator resume is almost flawless. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want him? And oh, by the way, he's a former Cleveland staffer from the 95 squad. He understands. He gets us. He get. there may be a, hey, you want a guy with that human element that you're so desperately wanting? Here you go. Checks off all your boxes, but you he's, don't he's, even want him. Okay, he's got a fire. But you don't want him. Okay, fine. Whatever. Just admit you're an idiot first off. But anyway, you know, moving you on. know why people don't want him? Why? Similar defense to what we just had. All I got to say is better coaching this year and last year and 2020. Browns could be in a totally different window or scenario where they are now. Maybe if he blitzes a little bit more, which I would bet Schwartz would do. Yeah. Okay, that interview's been done. We'll see how it goes. The second one, Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. Where do I even begin with this? We're shelving that until the end, okay? We'll we'll say the timeline, we'll say that. Because this is a discussion in of itself. All right, Gerard Mayo, I was told by multiple of my coworkers who are Pats fans, they were they were scared of us. They were really scared we could get him. And they're like, dude, he's going to be a head coach. He's going to be a great head coach. You know, he's got the volunteer connection to Jimmy. 
crap, you guys might get him. And he's a brilliant defensive mind. Bill loves him. Man, you're going to get a superstar. And I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. There's um, a lot of good things said about him. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit. Um, we need to go get this guy. Because you know what? If it's a coordinator you're trying to get a hot shot, young hot shot coordinator instead of a young hot shot head coach, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go get that. I'm fine with it. So his interview isn't happening. Then you have Desai over at Seattle, which I don't know a lot about. Jack, you seem to be on the pulse of this one a little bit more. So tell me a little bit more about him. Sell me on him as a defensive coordinator because I just don't know enough. The longtime NFL defensive assistant coach, assistant coach, um, longer than Flores, if I'm not mistaken, um, was defensive coordinator in Chicago in 2021. People will look at that and say, eh, wasn't a good defense. Uh, runs three, four base, ran a lot of the four, two, five, which fits what we do here, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing most that or he's worked under Pagano Fox and Fangio which is three of the best defensive coaches of the last quarter century I would say the thing I think that draws the fan base away was Albert Breer's uh article talking about the Browns DC search where he said he's a Stefan he has a history with Stefanski which I have to go back and look and see where they cross paths he's got Ivy League background and he's an analytics favorite and of course that a word comes up and everybody goes, Nope, don't want him." Everybody's making so, fun of the size saying they don't want them. What you're it's saying just, is he's learned out of some of the best defensive minds. He has a pretty decent track record and he's not- well-respected around the league. And he helped develop some of them young uh, Seahawks defenders. I think we'll, What's the corner's name? Um, oh, I, I, yeah. Woolen yeah, or wooden. I forget his name, but yeah. yeah. Well, Okay, and the Seattle team that shouldn't be in the playoffs, you know, as we thought in the beginning of the year, is playing in the playoffs now. Yep. And you know what? Maybe he has a lot of reasons why he should be the Browns' next defensive coordinator. Yeah, their defense was hit and miss. And you know what? He'll have probably, I would say, better talent than he has in Seattle to work with. Yeah, I could I could see it working. And you want to know what? If you're talking about helping your head coach, this is the guy you go get. And I'll explain why when we talk about Brian Flores. Because all of you think I'm paranoid over it. And oh, it could work. No, it won't. I'll I'll break it down for you in a minute. And then you have Denard Wilson, who's the pass game coordinator. Defensive pass game corner and defensive backs coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been great this year. I mean, anyone at the Eagles is going to be a hot commodity. Now, if Jonathan Gannon gets a head coaching job, which he's up for a few of them. Yep. Wilson, the Texans. Wilson will be the next defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He has no reason to leave. And... Like I said, you can bet money Jonathan Gannon is very much telling Wilson what's going on on his end. For sure. He's going to prep him, which tells me you're screwed again. Because why would he 
want to leave Philly if Gannon is going to leave and he's going to get promoted to a playoff team as defensive coordinator and go work for Jimmy Haslam where Stefanski, if all goes wrong, gets fired and guess who's out of a job already? This is an element we're not talking about. The young coaches are going to be skeptical of coming to Cleveland. That's why I think it's Desire Schwartz if they can come to a deal with Schwartz and there's no guarantee there. So he's the only other one we've heard so far. No one else has been brought up yet? No, because they're doing a second wave, it looks like. Yeah, well, Desire will be interviewed anytime this coming week. There may be other guys that we just haven't heard about. So, Okay. That leaves me to Brian Flores. I know you all want him. Here's my call out to the fans. Just tell me where you really want him to be. Your head coach. Stop with the bullshit of defensive coordinator. You want him to be the head coach. He's a guy with a good track record as a head coach. In Miami, you're fed up with Stefanski, head coaching experience, a relationship with Deshaun Watson. Just say how you really fucking feel. Stop bullshitting. And here's my message to Jimmy. If you really want Brian Flores, like that Albert Breer article says, do not waste next season. You've, you literally went through this Five years ago, you went through this five years ago when you brought in Todd Haley with Hugh Jackson. Yep. Do not tell me that it's not going to end the same. Do not tell me that it won't. Because it will. It always does. It's fucking politics. None of you understand how the game works. When, you, when you're in the game, you stay in the game and you do whatever it takes to stay in the game. Do you stab people in the back? Yes. Do you kiss ass to the owner? Yes. Do you do whatever it takes to get yourself ahead? Yes. I've seen it. I've done it. And guess what? Ryan Flores will do it. And you don't think with those reports last year that Watson and Flores wanted to team up wherever he went, you don't think they haven't talked about it? You don't think the second he gets there, he's going to start playing Deshaun up of like, you know, maybe I should be the head coach, you know? Kevin really well, he won't say it. that, but yeah. But he'll do some low-key shit where they pretty much plan to take over. Yeah, it was Todd Haley's whole thing, too. Look how that ended. Yes, but in this situation, Flores will win because of Watson. And Jimmy likes him. Jimmy, if you are going down this route, with him going to Arizona, I am not endorsing the idea of just firing Kevin Stefanski. But if you love Flores, just do it. Just fire Stefanski, hire Flores, go get Mike McDaniel, or not, not Mike McDaniel, uh, Mike LaFleur, and get a, you know, young defensive coordinator that Flores can, you know, eventually hand things over to. That's how you do it. 
there. I just fixed the Browns by firing Stefanski. That took me all three seconds to do. If you really are in love with Brian Flores, go make him the head coach. Do it. Don't worry about what Andrew Barry and Paul D. Podesta think. If they go, they go. And trust me, it would suck because it would mean Bob Quinn has to become the GM. But you know what? If you think it's going to work, do it. Because if you hire him as defensive coordinator, we're not competing next year. I can already tell you that. He may be a good defensive coordinator, but there could be infighting. If they lose a couple games they're not supposed to, the questions are already there with Stefanski, and he has Flores breathing down his neck. It's not going to end well, folks. It won't end well. You're setting your coach up to fail in that case. And that's a crime. And Browns fans should know better than this. You've dealt with it for years. I mean, how many times have we seen coaches manipulate each other? I don't get why they just don't do that. And it's why I don't want Flores. It's not because I don't think he's a capable defensive coordinator and can get the most out of his defense. No, it's because you're creating more dysfunction. That's why. I'm done with the dysfunction. Jimmy Haslam, all he's done in his 10 years of ownership, I'm sorry, of a fraudulent ownership, has created dysfunction after dysfunction. I'm tired of it. End the dysfunction. If you're going to create it, then chop off the head of the snake that is the dysfunction. That's going to be the root of it. If the root is Kevin Stefanski, okay, fine. Do it. I, I don't love it, but I'll understand it. I'll understand it. I won't blame you. Right. I don't have to like it, but I can understand it. And that's all I can say on that, which makes it acceptable. So, Jimmy, there's my blessing. Do it. And it won't shock me in the next week if Flores gains some traction elsewhere that Jimmy pulls the trigger. That if he's not getting a good defensive coordinator in this search, that he's going to go and tell Kevin, you're fired, and immediately calls in Flores because it satisfies the Rooney rule and he can just hire him on the spot. Plain and simple. I will not be surprised if in the next week we're talking about Kevin Stefanski getting fired because Jimmy sees they're not getting a good defensive coordinator. So the problem's Kevin. I got to fire Kevin and immediately get a guy I like. Brian, don't go to Arizona. Here's a blank check. What do you want? Like, I can see that happening still. I don't think the door is closed. I just don't. And it would be the ultimate Jimmy dysfunctional move. Because he can't stick to a decision. I mean, the fact that I even say that that's a possibility scares the living shit out of me as a fan that my owner can't stick to a that I don't trust he can stick to a decision. I mean, Jack, tell me your thoughts on, do you think I'm insane for, I, be the voice of reason here, because that's why you're my goose. You're the voice of reason. Maverick likes to go in, you know, 
head first in the situation. Goose has to talk him out of it. So Goose, try to act like those fans who think I'm crazy. Am I nuts for the scenario I'm proposing? And more so, do you agree with me that Jimmy could just go nuclear here in the next week if no candidates, you know, presenting itself? Mm, yeah, I, you, Jimmy could always go nuclear. <laughs> but we really, at the same time, we don't know. Like, we know, obviously, Desai has a connection to Stefanski. Schwartz seems like the safe pick. Flores, there's people saying that that's the, the leader in the clubhouse, that the team wants him. We really don't know what the plan is right now. Like, would no, okay, let me take that back. We know what the plan is. We just don't know the process and we don't know the final result. So, like, the whole Flores thing, like, worries me too. And I said it Monday morning. I said this feels like Hugh and Haley all over again. But I don't think Flores is coming here to try and be the head coach of the Browns. I think he's coming here to be the defensive coordinator with the hopes of becoming a head coach again in this league. Now, he could wow the Arizona owner like he did a few years back um and be the head coach of the cardinals we don't know we don't know if he's going to get any other head coaching interviews but i think at the same time we just got to let the process play itself out and when when we get to that result then we can vent our frustrations and start you know watching the media build their agendas and narratives towards uh getting kevin Stefanski out of town this is going to be one long off season isn't it Oh, it for sure is because we already know that Barry, like that whole re- the whole regime's on the hot seat going into 2023. We know that we don't know who the DC is. We don't know what what changes are coming on the offensive side. How Watson and Stefanski are going to build this offense up to their liking, and yeah, it's going to be a long one because we don't know what's going to happen in free agency. We don't have a first round pick again, so yeah, it's going to be a long off season. I can now. say one thing. I like my coach because I've met my coach and they're great. That's good. Yeah. So thumbs up. I'm not saying I have not said the team. So they're, you know, I've met my coach. They're great. But anyways, um, (laughs) but with that said, uh, yeah, I mean, like we'll see how the process goes over the next week. Um, Obviously by the time you hear this playoffs games will be, pretty much done i mean i don't know if you want to do any predictions or whatever or tell me who, you know, what your super bowl prediction is i think the bills are definitely going in the afc i feel like it's destiny um i feel like it's just destiny they're going this year on the nfc side geez i almost want to say ask me after monday <laughs> I feel like Tampa Bay is getting hot at the right time. And Mike McCarthy better watch because even though Jerry said he wasn't. I... Wait, that game's Monday, right? Yeah, that's the Monday night game. Fuck, I got to find a different way home. Uh... Damn it. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. We're off Monday. Thank God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, it's Martin Luther King Day. Thank God. Yep. No, I- I'm telling you. If Brady wins that first one. Is he about to do it again? 
they would go face the Eagles next, right? Ooh, and the Eagles want revenge after Tampa blew them out last year. I think they shut them out, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, God. So. That's going to be must-watch. That's going to be crazy, it, it, Okay, so hold on. I'm trying to think of the path. Hold on. So they hold beat on. the Eagles. So then, was it Minnesota's the two-seed? I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, give me the matchups because Minnesota's facing the Giants. I think Minnesota wins, but it'll be close. I think the Giants can pull it off. Yeah. Even my um, buddy who's a Vikings fan said that the uh, he thinks the Giants were going to win. I'm like, really? Okay, so it's lower seed. Tampa's the four seed, so they would play unless the Giants. Oh, yeah, because they won the, the division, so that's right. So unless the Giants or Seahawks win, they would play the Eagles in, but they could play San Fran or whatever. So, actually, I take that back. I think was it the Giants are playing. Uh, the Giants play Minnesota. If they win, they play the Eagles. If I uh, I don't know, it's confusing. Okay. Um. Yeah, because San Fran plays Seattle. The Vikings play the Giants. So I would say the Giants win. 49ers definitely win. So in that I, scenario, the Giants, would, the 49ers they would, would play the Bucks. Ooh. Then if I go back to my original, the Vikings, then okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's go with my original because I said Vikings. Okay. I'm going to say Vikings win. Uh, 49ers definitely win uh, after Pete Carroll's statement. Uh, And then Tampa wins. Buffalo, San Fran. That's my pick too. It was in the preseason, it was Buffalo, Green Bay. And if Green Bay if had Jimmy made G it, is back in time, Buffalo. I think they Sanford. ride with Purdy all the way. Like even if Jimmy Jesus G can come Christ. back. <laughs> oh man, that that is something right there. But like, yeah, uh, I, I, they, they, the way their offenses and their defense is electric. Um, yeah, I can't go against San Fran as long as they're efficiently moving the ball. Um. Gee, it's almost like they do things efficiently and rely on a great defense like other teams should. It's almost like a model, a certain franchise that Andrew Barry is trying to run is actually trying to set up. Why is my head turning (laughs) all the way around? It's almost like Andrew Barry wants to build it like the 49ers. Okay, whatever. Except we have a $50 million quarterback and they don't. Oh, they got a what a twenty-nine million dollar quarterback. Well, he's a free agent after this year, and a first-round pick who can't stay healthy, and a Mister Relevant who I don't know if he's the long-term answer at quarterback for them. Right. Yeah. Um. I think they need a quarterback. And Just there's saying. rumors about Brady going home. Just saying. Yep. Just saying. He goes there. Actually, screw it. Giants win. San Francisco beats Brady 
and Brady joined San Fran the offseason when they crazy. lose to the Bills in the Super Bowl. Because they win it for DeMar Hamlin. I feel like it's destiny. After the Heinz kickoff return, I feel like it's destiny. Sorry. <laughs> We're going to watch Josh Allen win a Super Bowl. Oh, boy. Anyways, with that said, guys, um, we will talk to you next week. Um, until then, Jack, tell the tell everyone how they follow you in the Dogland. Follow me on Twitter at JackMcCurry08. Check out the Dogland under the Dogs by Nature feed and follow us at the Dogland on Twitter as well. And you can follow me at the CLE Sports Guy. Follow the Top Dogs at the Top Dogs. A little update on our big-time guest. After recent events, I am holding things off for now. I have briefly texted him and just said, because of recent things, let's play it safe and not do anything for a couple weeks and see how things blow over. God damn you to hell. But I love this shit. <laughs> hey, at least it creates amazing content for my favorite podcast in the world. <laughs> the Jim Cornette Experience. Yes. <laughs> I've actually learned the intro song now. It's great. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, man. I'll do it for you uh, sometime. <laughs> oh, my God. A Q&A podcast with co-host Brian Last Tell that guy take off his stupid fucking basket. <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you next week. Until then, Cleveland, please stay sane. God damn it. Go Browns. <laughs>